On this week's show, Chatham's chairman on flying high and winning a national prize. I couldn't believe it when you consider, you know, the thousands of clubs in non-league, um, to actually sort of win that and for people to take the time to vote for Chatham, um, it, it was just fantastic. And I talked to former Dover and Margate manager Chris Kinnear about how he wants to get back in the game. You know, there's a lot of older managers that look at Crystal Palace. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only Podcast, brought to you in association with our good friends at Workforce Dimensions Limited, and I did finally get back to Sam, so snaps for me. Uh, It's uh, been a really, really busy week, much busier than we were expecting. Obviously last week I had to do a bit of a late edit after the news about the National League was confirmed. Uh, We will be discussing that uh, during the show today. Uh, But of course, I'm John Phipps, and on the line now is a man who has been like a dog with two penises this week after finally, after almost 18 months getting something that he really really wanted for this podcast Matt Gerard, how are you not very good very good I, I like the use of the word um, penis in the podcast we haven't read that much before so um, if anybody's listening for the first time that's probably the first time he's been mentioned yeah not too bad I am back to work tomorrow so Ooh. um and my working working month is increasing so um, um so uh, rather than one week a month it looks like I'm doing two weeks a month so um We'll see how that goes from there. But uh, yeah, not too bad. So enjoying the sunshine. So I'm going to make the most of my last afternoon um, sitting in the sun. Not because I've given the kids the afternoon off. So I'm going to sit in the sun uh, this afternoon, listen to the pod- few podcasts uh, and then enjoy that before I'm back to work tomorrow, which is good. It's good. I'm glad to be going back to work. I do need that mental sort of um, stimulation as well, to be honest, because uh, anybody out there who's teaching their kids, um, in maximum respect to them. Yes, I'll be going back to work on July the 4th, apparently. Yes, we'll discuss yeah, that later yeah, in the show that, as well, yeah, I think. To hear that for you, yeah. uh, interestingly, before we move on and actually talk about the football very quickly, you, you mentioned about my use of the word penis there uh, and how it's ne- probably never been on the show before. Uh, I've, I've heard yesterday that apparently in every single episode of of Friends, the word friends is mentioned. Really? Yeah. I've, uh, I've, I've never heard anything of, well... Does that mean somebody's gone through 243 episodes, whatever it is? Obviously. And friends. So, so Joey could say, hi, hi, friends, as he goes yeah. into the... Exactly, yeah. Or, or, or is that what your friends are doing? I don't know. I don't know, but there you go. Apparently that is true. Uh, uh, words that have been in every episode of the Kent Non-League podcast, Kent Non-League podcast, John, Phipps, Matthew, Gerard, yeah. uh, Twitter, follow, National yeah. League... Skeffle, yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And, and, well, and uh, well, talking about our sponsorship, will we be renewing our sponsorship for another year, John? Have you been in negotiations with there our? There has actually been negotiations yet, but I'm sure I'll have a chat with Sam in the coming weeks, uh, and we will see how we're going. But if anyone wants to come in and and create a bidding war, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, uh, I'm you sure businesses, again, the, the bidding war as is nothing, but um, yeah. Even even we'll keep Sam, and we'll have a, yeah. a like a like a back of the shirt sponsor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if anybody else wants to sponsor it, come in and we can mention them uh, to help local businesses, especially this time of year or time of uh, what's going on. That would be good. So if, you, if you're a Kent based business and you want some um, some words mentioned, not after the word penis, but within some <laughs> context, we can uh, we can deliver that as well. Exactly. Uh, it's our 129th episode this week. Pretty unremarkable uh, number. But there's something that I wanted to bring up last week, but we ran out of time. We were talking about the numbers. Uh, but. 129 is the atomic number of unbenium, unbenium, uh, which is 
an element which is yet to be discovered. So they're already naming these things, even though they haven't found it. I, I didn't know that was how that worked. And I kind of started to look into it, but it, it's all Dutch to me. I've got no idea. I think I've got a double E in GCSE science. My science is not very good. So how do you discover an element? Do you just nope. like dig something? Don't ask me. I got, I got, I got two C's, and I and I fluked that. So there's no point. This is like the least scientific thing you've ever heard. No, no, well, fair play. So it's, it's like naming your unborn child five years before it comes, is it? Sort of thing. Well, it must be, yes. Uh, so anyway, let's move on then and talk about the football. Uh, obviously, a huge week. Uh, last Wednesday, just after we recorded the show, uh, it was announced that the. Uh, F, the National League had decided after a vote that they would be ending the season on a points per game basis and that the plan was to have playoffs in the National League uh, South and National League North. Uh, we haven't actually seen confirmation that this means that Ebbsfleet United will be relegated to the National League South. Um, Dartford, who are in the playoff places in the National League South, released a statement uh, saying after more than 12 weeks, uh, the result we have to all hope for is finally confirmed this evening. Uh, after much debate and hard work behind the scenes, we have been rewarded with confirmation we now finished the table in sixth place to earn an away playoff quarter final with Slough Town. The dates for all playoff games, along with guidelines protocol to be followed, will be advised by the league shortly. Unfortunately, it seems the games we have to be played behind closed doors, and if that is the case, we should be looking into all options available as to how we can live stream any games we're involved in. Uh, the league also looking into the possibility of its media partner, BT Sport, filming not only the National League, but North and South as well. As soon as we have more information relating to the game at Slough Town, we will, of course, let you know that as yet there is no information, there is no confirmation these playoffs are actually happening. Uh, but at least... Well, well I, I did hear, though, that Dorkin have posted that when their game is, isn't it? Oh, have it they? To be, it seems to be that the... The weekend of the 18th and 19th will be games, then the following Saturday, and then the following Saturday after that is the, is the final. Dawkins have posted that. So, again, if they're asking BT, there was some conjecture that BT may be paying for some of the um, um, testing as well. But from knowing what the sides get in the National League for having a live TV game, which is not a great deal, I wouldn't have thought that would be the case. But, yeah, Dawkins have confirmed... I don't know if all the sides have confirmed they're taking part yet, but Dorking, I think against Bath, is it? I think that's the 18th and 9th or 19th. Right. So they've still got three weeks. Again, you look at the Football League ones, you know, League Two, that's done and dusted. The finals on Monday, and we probably only knew two weeks ago what was going on. So I don't know why the National League, again, is waiting so long. I think that was what I was going to say, because I was going to say, oh, well, at least we finally got a decision, but it's still all clouded in... in in confusion because no one really knows what's going on and I mean those dates are, are just a little bit silly yeah, I get they probably need to play at weekends because there may be people with um with jobs and things like that it's not like the football league where they can just slot these games in on a Friday at five o'clock because obviously there are part-time players out there but it just seems you know make a decision and be you know if you've made the decision be strong about it say in in their initial statement why didn't they nationally say this now means the playoffs are happening Three teams have been relegated. Why do they just leave it all again? Oh, well, let's see what happens. Yeah, I don't know why the delay is. I honestly can't think that. Could that be the point that plucking a tide out of the air, not we know anything? Gates said, decide in two weeks' time. No, decided against it. We can't get enough players. Um, and then we're going to go ahead from there. From, a, from an unnamed source, I heard that Bourne Wood tried to borrow some players from another National League clean club because they haven't got enough players. This is the, the top flight one. Right. And they were told no. So you, all the players that you had registered on the you know, transfer deadline day would, would have been in March. They're the ones that you have to play with as well. So 
I don't know how certain clubs are going to do it, but I don't know why the delay of it'll be about a month of actually kicking off saying it's playoffs until they actually happen. It's unreal, and, isn't it? And does that mean the day before, Kate said, I'm using them, probably not Kate, we don't want to play. We've got, we've only got five players or it's costing us too much or whatever. They pull out. Does that, what happens then? Exactly. It's, it's just, I mean, uh, all we want is a decision. And I think that's the, been the whole frustration all the way through with the National League. And, you know, obviously once it's over, there's going to be a lot of things that are going to be debated and discussed on a much bigger scale than non-league football. But I think the National League will need to look at themselves and think, did we do this right? And I think that they will have to come up with the conclusion that by a long way, they did not. Yeah. Uh, and it's difficult because we've seen like um, certain clubs are buying players and certain clubs are selling players. So. And absolutely, as we know, you would attract a different kind of player if you're playing National League South as you would do National League Premier. So that puts them in a difficult situation as well where they're going from. But it needs to be delivered and delivered soon. The National League needs to say, yep, here we go. Bang. That's it. This is what we're doing. These are the dates and we'll go for it. But hopefully that will be sorted out sooner rather than later. And there's no... Well, there's no little drama that causes issues again because that would look even bizarre if you do. Well, exactly. Time will tell on that. Moving further down the pyramid, uh, there was an FA meeting with Step 5 and 6 Leagues last week. Uh, full summary of it is on the uh, is on the Scaffold website, uh, just borrowing a few little bits and pieces from it. Uh, FA VAR's prize money will be reduced by approximately 6%. Uh, the FA are hoping to still run the FA Cup and FA VAR's in full, but it may not be possible. Certainly with the FA Cup, and I did not know this, that they are contractually bound to have the FA Cup third round on the opening w- weekend of January. So dates and numbers of earlier rounds may be affected by that. Uh, consideration be given away to doing away with replays in both the cup and vars, because obviously of starting, uh, uh, because we're going to be having a shorter season. And there may also be a possibility of having no league or county cups, which I know uh, regular listeners to this show will know that we will both be absolutely devastated about because we love those contests. So, But the plan is that the FA has stated that the National League system will only restart when the Department of Media, Culture and Sports gives the approval and subject to any conditions that they make. It is untenable for all non-league clubs to play games without spectators and all steps are started tied together and we'll start at the same time so therefore it can't be the National League can start and the scaffold can't so they will all start at the same time the FA are working on various scenarios uh, so if they start in August it'll be everything as normal September October will be a full league season to be a priority with no league or county cups November or January starts it will be uh, not possible for a full season to be played and then it'll be the half seasons or divisions will be split in half uh, so in that case, the scaffold <laughs> would have four divisions rather than two. But it would be like a scaffold Premier East, scaffold Premier West sort of thing oh. uh, to, to go. Uh, and then if it starts later than January, uh, then there may not be a season uh, at all. Uh, they're also saying that um, there will have to be a pre-season before matches start. And the season can go into May rather than finishing on the last weekend of April. Uh, there is also going to be a possible agreement uh, to restart in leagues to put in place a system of awarding the leagues if they are not completed, uh, for example, points per game. And the big headline news from that is, while not a commitment or guarantee by any means, the FA have said that the most likely current scenario will be that non-league football will be back in September. So that's there's quite a lot to take in there. Um, but as I say, do find that the full statement, I've just kind of glossed over it from there. But it seems, Matt, that, that at least they're making positive noises. And, and having just talked about how appallingly organised the National League have been, that the FA, after making some 
pretty shoddy decisions early on at least seem to be moving in the right direction now. Yeah, the consensus I'm getting from the people I'm speaking to that definitely the second week in September is when, if there's not another um, second wave, that that's when the season would start. So this week of keep, the year, the second week of September. Oh, is it, oh, it's your birthday, is it? So, it is, yeah. yeah so, so I think being that maybe the pre-season will be the whole of August, because if you look at it now, the season normally starts start would have been the second week in August, wouldn't it? Yeah. So really, we're a month behind. So really, you're looking at this is the 24th of May. So sides will come back probably the pre-season, maybe the 1st of August, around that period. They have their six weeks of pre-season. I presume they do friendlies behind closed doors if they're allowed to. And then the season starts then. What it matters to the FA Cup and the FA Vars, I do not know. Could it be that maybe only the conference clubs, South and North and Premier, were in the FA Cup at a certain point? I don't know how many numbers you need to get to. Could it be that, you know, teams like Folkestone Margate do not enter the FA Cup this year? Because we do what goes priority. As we know, as we know, normally the FA Cup in the extra preliminary round starts probably the first game of the season for a lot of our clubs. So you're probably losing about four, three rounds mm. for the second week in September would probably be the first round proper or second round, wouldn't it? Yeah. And then second qualifying round, and then you go from there. So it'd be interesting to do. They'll have to work out the numbers how you get into 64s and 32s. But that may be a concern. But hopefully, if they do, if they do do that, that they the prize money, which I think is being reduced a little bit, is uh, daily down. So the likes of our size do get some sort of pot for the cup. Because if they don't do that, that's an absolute disaster for a number of our clubs. Yeah. Um, also, there is also not mentioned in this at all is uh, the, the last season's uh, FA Vars, which, lest we forget, was at the quarter fi- at the semi-final stage. Uh, and of course, uh, Corinthian were flying the flag uh, for the scaffold and the county uh, in the last four. Uh, and there was talk that they were going to look to try and play that t- next season. Uh, a source has told me that there's been absolutely no communication from the FA about this. Uh, the last that the club heard was that they were still want it to happen, but they won't be putting a date or anything on it. And uh, my source then added that one of the difficulties with playing it next season uh, would be that players had to be signed before the quarterfinals uh, to be eligible to play. So what if players move on over the summer? Uh, and the conversation continued with 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 the the point being made uh, by both of both me and my source. Uh, people probably know who my source is, and I'm sure my source is listening. Uh, but what what's to stop? a team from going out and saying to players, if the game's been played over a quick short space of time, saying to players from National League North or National League South, three levels above, yeah, come and play for us. We'll give you this money for three games and you could possibly play at Wembley. It, it seems to me like this might be a non-starter and that is absolutely devastating uh, for Corinthian. Yeah, I think it, it, you've got to feel for them and the other clubs involved in this. If they're, I, I think it's going to be very difficult for them to complete that competition. Um, Again, if you can't use players that from other clubs, because you'd, you'd probably sign as many players as you could. Corinthian may have lost players who, who want to go up to a different level. I cannot see how they're going to complete that competition. The FA Cup's a different kettle of fish because it's so much money for there. But the Vars and Trophy, I wonder. I, I, I did see somewhere that a Notts County fan said on a forum, all it would be good to finish get these games in before we do the playoffs, so we get some match practice. So <laughs> they didn't have much clue about how it works at this level. So. No. Yeah, I think um, it's going to be difficult how they're going to do it. I cannot believe if they're gonna, if they're not playing the National League um, final at Wembley, you can't believe they play the Vars at Wembley either, can they? 
No, and also uh, next year's Vars final may also struggle to beat Wembley if it gets pushed back as well, uh, given that uh, Wembley is hosting some Euro 2020 matches. So uh, that's another yeah. uh, possible. We'll have to work out thing. what's going to go on there, but I think it could be a. Um, well, I hope it goes ahead, but it could be a, an issue on that. Here's one for you. Why don't they? <laughs> this is. I've literally just come up with this idea, right? Why don't they give the four clubs who are left in the Vars buys to the quarterfinals? That's a, that's a good idea. Or maybe not the quarterfinals, last 16, um, yeah. and then go from there. But just, okay, just, give, what, what, just give them as good a chance as you can of getting to that final again. Yeah, that, that, that sounds that sounds a good idea if they, if, they, if they can't complete the competition. But, yeah, maybe for the trophy as well. But looking at how it goes in, how much of... Are those companies going to be a priority for size next season? Because if, if season's starting in September, you know, you've got to play 38 games. You could be playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday for a long while yet. And the priority might not be the cup competitions anyway, unless you move them back into to January. I've got, yeah, I've got no idea. It's such a, a logistical minefield. But yeah, I just can't see how it will be done. Hopefully the FA will prove me wrong. And I, and I do feel sorry for Corinthian in that score. Because if it was Dover in the semi-finals, chance at Wembley, I'd be heartbroken. That's what I'm saying. Give put them in the quarters for next year. So it would be this year's semi-finalists and and next year's semi-finalists in the quarterfinals. I think that seems fair to me. And just and just say to them, look, you've got you've earned the chance to be this late in the competition. You're going back one round, and everybody else has got. And there's only four spaces for teams to join you. And I think that these are exceptional circumstances. And I think that actually makes some sense. So that obviously won't happen uh, moving on then to our first interview and it, and it ties in with the scaffold and the FA Vars is mentioned uh, as well uh, after the big news last week I wanted to get a scaffold chairman uh, on the show this week and uh, then it came out on, over the weekend that uh, Chatham Town were named Football Foundation Community Club of the Year uh, by the non-league t- uh, paper uh, absolutely fantastic for them as well as that they've signed uh, four new players and re-signed a, a score of, of, of last year's players the big signings uh, are the strikers Dan Bradshaw Sheppey United goal machine and Andy Pugh will both be playing uh, at Maidstone Road next season for the chats uh, so with all that going on I thought it was a great opportunity to catch up with Chatham Town and their chairman Kevin Hake uh, was delighted to, to take our, our call and, and be on the show so here he is Chatham Town Chairman Kevin Hake. Community Club of the Year from the non-league paper. That's that's a brilliant accolade for Chatham, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. We're we're, um, we're absolutely over the moon. You don't do these sort of things to to get the sort of recognition. You do it because you want to do good within the community. But to, to get recognised for it is just um, it's fantastic for everyone who's, who's been involved. In the so really has, has there obviously been a, a real focus on the work that you've done in the community? Yeah, yeah, I mean, it has. I mean, we just, um, we, we, we realised at the start of sort of lockdown, you know, we, we, we'd obviously, prior to um, doing, uh, sorry, prior to lockdown, we, we looked into, you know, a lot of stuff to embracing in the community when we first sort of took over um, two years ago, and we've just sort of built on that by just doing various programmes, you know, within the community, free tickets um, for um, the youth members or people who represent their districts. We went out to the local schools to... Um, appeal to ball boys and ball girls etc and we really sort of started to build up our fan base up I mean we averaged at 405 last year when we first took over it was um, 118 you know so it's um, we're building you know a fan base sort of there but more importantly we're building up a lot of volunteers around the club people who just want to do good and um, a lot of my chance of lads so I can say this but Chatham gets a lot of bad press we get a lot of um, 
you know, digs, you know, because obviously Chaz and all that sort of lovely stuff. But there's some good people in Chatham, you know, in, 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 and in the Midway Towns, you know, you're looking at some nearly 300,000 people who live there. Um, so, you know, we can build something good to put, to put um, a figure on it. That's something that's almost as big as Newcastle, you know, so um, th- there's definitely potential for the club to sort of grow um, beyond um, the scope of what we're already doing now. And I suppose for you, with a, with a football league club just down the road, it's so important that you are getting out there and, and sort of taking advantage of what you do have. Yes, no, no, definitely. I mean, as I say, there's some, there's some fantastic volunteers at the club, um, supporters um, as well, who just they just contacted us to sort of try and say, how can we make a difference? And um, whether it be um, uh, Russell Kimball, the special manager to go to him, who obviously services a mental health um, officer who's ringing up supporters just to check that everything's okay. All of the directors involved at the club um, was ringing up um, individuals who are deemed sort of as vulnerable just to check that they're, that, that they're okay, which was great. We had, you know, Carl Larriman, uh, director of football, he was out doing deliveries of, of, of parcels and errands uh, from food banks, etc. We supported the, the homeless charity, um, One Big Family. We, we do regular events every year um, with them to, to, to raise awareness for their, for their cause. And also, it just gives a chance to appeal beyond the wider scope that, uh, you know, football or, or, and sport has the power to achieve, um, reach out to a lot of people and we're just sort of really taking full advantage of that really to make as much of a difference as we can within the community. I suppose when you got uh, the news that you'd won the award you must have been over the moon. Yeah, it really was. Well, I couldn't, couldn't believe it when you consider you know the thousands of clubs in non-league um, to actually sort of win that and for people to take the time to vote for Chatham... Um, it, it was just fantastic. As I say, you don't do things to get the awards. You just, we just want to make a difference. And I think now we can, after achieving this, you know, with everyone embracing it, we, you know, we've got it. We're having talks with the council um, as we speak. We're, we're improving the ground and the facilities. And look, the better and better the club gets, the, 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 the uh, quicker we climb up sort of through the leagues, the more and more difference we can actually make to the local community. I suppose another part of, of what you do there is, is having a 3G pitch that people can use all the time as well. So that must have been a, a great boost for you. Yeah, as soon as um, when, I, when I presented to the old board about actually doing a takeover, it was in our five-year plan to always get a, a 3G pitch here. And, and having lived with a grass pitch and having experience of grass pitches, you know, look, I believe football should be great on grass, but as, a, as an actual... Um, facility to, to maintain a grass pitch you're forever having a cover you know people for, for, for muddying up the gold mouse or you, you, the great thing about this is you can kids can play on it 24 7 and it's it's, it's fantastic you know it, it's it, it's just simple it really is I mean look, obviously there's a monetary thing that you've got to come up with but I think the future of non-league and, hope, and even the football league with especially the uh, financial restraints they're going to have to go through but hopefully one day it will be accepted that a 3G or a hybrid pitch will be accepted into the football league. I mean, you can play World Cup games, you can play FA Cup on them, it just seems ludicrous to restrict them. I and it's a good monetary tool then um, the clubs actually need, you know, to survive. Absolutely. And on the pitch, obviously, you had a change of manager during the season, but I know certainly for, for us, the appointment, the appointment of Scott Lindsay was one that made us sort of sit up. And the players that you announced last week, that really is a signal of intent, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I mean, um, Scott and his team have done great since he came in. Um, he's um, he's been fantastic. We've got a brand of football now that's that's really exciting and enjoyable um, to watch. Um, the crowds are, are, I think, um, I think the football fan now 
business now of not only you've got to win a game, you've got to win it or try and win it the right way. And we've um, we've done a lot of work um, close season on trying to get and highlighting talent that we want to actually come in here. And we're working on the DNA with a lot of our youth as well now. So every team, if you put a Chatham Town shirt on, you're going to know that's what we play. That's what we, we're going to play a certain way. And look, we're by no means there yet. But having someone like Scott at the helm, um, supported by the director of football, um, Carl Larriman um, and, and, and his team, it, um, it will really um, help us to get that DNA that we, we've, um, we're striving towards getting. I suppose people, a lot of people have looked and seen the names Dan Bradshaw and Andy Pugh both coming in. I, I think it's safe to say there won't be many nil-nil draws at, at your place this year. <laughs> I, I, I hope not. No, I hope not. But um, no, they're, they're too, um, I think it was Bobby Robson who said you don't just sign a play, you sign the person as well. And um, they're two great lads. You know, they really are. They figured in um, already. Um, they've, they've been welcoming into, into the family. And um, look, I expect sort of good things um, from them from them both, really. But not just to mention them, the rest of the squad's looking, you know, really fantastic. We felt it really critical to do our business early, um, to get our work done. So now we can concentrate again. When you go back to the highlighting of the, the 3G pitch, we can get out there and we can train on it all the time. Whereas, you know, when you've got a grass pitch, you're worried about watering it and all that lovely stuff. You don't have to uh, worry about it anymore. Uh, generally, obviously, there was a big meeting last week with the where the league were, were involved and talking about when next season's going to start. What's your kind of gut feeling on it? Um, look, I just want to make sure that, you know, everything's safe. What's going on with the world? Look, we've still had to sort of plan for when the, whenever the season is sort of going to start. But we're only going to do it when it's safe to start, you know, and luckily that decision sort of taken out of my hands. It's, um, it is going to be when the authorities don't feel for me. I think we'll have something going in September, whether it's be restricted numbers in crowds and social distancing um, all still in place. Um, that's, that's my gut feel, but um, um, certainly I think sort of points towards that. But look, if we don't start until... November, December, January, then it'll just be restricted leagues. Maybe it'll be down to one game and you do a draw whether you play at home and away. So, um, But the main thing is that everyone's safe. But, but things still have to move on and you know you can get negative press by things to say that, that football's not important and what's going on in the wider scheme of things. But football and sport is important. you know, and It's, it's not as important as what's going on, but it's still a part of people's lives. And we've certainly had massive interest in... Look, what we're doing, when are we getting back? We're even getting people to want to come up and watch us train now, you know, because they just want to get out and about and and um, really, they just appreciate what's, what they've missed in life, you know, and football is a big part and sport's a big part of people's lives. Yeah, I appreciate that. I'm going to just start, ask you another question about, about the, the stuff for next year. Uh, the FA Vars and FA Cup, sort of a few question marks over them. W- would that be a bit of a blow to the club if you weren't in those competitions? Everyone wants to enter the FA Cup and go as far as they can, and, and certainly the FA Vars. I feel um, a little bit um, hard done by it, but nowhere near as compared. When you look at Corinthians and, and Beckenham, you know, I, I believe the league should have been finished on a points per game basis, and, and certainly, you know, you've got someone like Corinthians in the semi finals. You need to finish the tournament now, you know, with that. And if they didn't do it next year, it's not the end of the world. Um, but for us, it's not really what we base our budget um, on. You like to go as far as you can in the competition, but it's really a bonus um, as far as you, as far as you can go. But I think I think a lot of managers step free and, and owners step free and down will feel a little bit hard done by for the no avoid. Although it wouldn't have meant us going up, I think it was the right thing to do. 
um, uh, on, the, on, on a more sort of global scale. But look, the season's now on void now. We, 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 we sort of move on. Hopefully they do the FA Cup and FA Vars. Um, it'd be interesting to see where the prize money went from last year. But I'm sure that'll be incorporated um, somewhere within the FA. Uh, and I suppose just finally, you're hoping that when football does resume, Chatham will be in, in a really good sort of place to, to hit the ground running. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, all the, all the preparations are, 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 are sort of heading towards that. But um, it's football, isn't it? You know, you never you never truly get it mastered. And when you do think you're getting somewhere, it has a, uh, it's a, as it's a funny way of uh, ruining its head and changing things in a different direction. But look, we're, we're certainly going to do everything we can. Um, I know Scott and his team are working sort of tirelessly um, to get some... Um, I mean, first of all, Matt, that, that community work he's talking about, it, it sounds to me like when, when Kevin and, and the others came in, they just completely reset what was going on at Chatham and, and they've done it with not a huge amount of fanfare. They've just reset everything and built from the bottom. And, and that's a really good way of doing things. That award they've got from the non-league paper is, I would say, probably one of the most important awards the non-league paper gives out giving back to the community things they were doing before COVID and after COVID. I didn't know they were doing that much, not being close to the Medway area, but Chatham seemed to be a club really on the up. I was trying to think when I was, I've never been to Chatham's ground. I've probably about all the Kent grounds. I've never been to, is it Maystone Road? I think it is. Yeah. I've never been to their ground. So maybe in the new year or when this all comes, I'd like to go to a game. Chatham always, you know, a club, you know, that, they shouldn't be in the level they are. We look at the gates there, average of 400. That's unbelievable gates. What they're doing for the community. Kevin clearly has got um, a business plan how to do it. The players they're bringing in, Dan Bradshaw, which we know for a while he was joining in, Andy Pugh. I know he's had his injury problems, but Andy Pugh is probably one of the most intelligent footballs, football strikers you've seen in Kent football over the last He'll be brilliant at that level, so. won't oh, he? Oh, you, know, you know, he's had problems with his broken legs, etc., like that. He didn't really sort of have the pace... Now, it wasn't a pacey striker, but his his vision and his interplay. Well, it's got goals in that team. Is Matt Bodkin still there? Matt Bodkin is one of the players Jack that they've signed on as well. Jack, Jack Evans, Evans, John Pilbeam. Oh, right. there's, there's some really, really. I mean, they have they have a strong squad, and you would have to say at this moment in time they are red hot favourites uh, to, to be winning the scaffold next year. And you know, as I said to him in that interview, there it, it showed so much ambition of the club and. Yeah, there are going to be people out there who are saying, you know, they're throwing money at this. And I've heard some some of the figures being banded about uh, about what some of these players are, are being paid. Uh, and, you know, having talked about salary caps last week, that is obviously a, a big point. But Chatham are, are trying to build to get the club back to where it belongs. Is there any harm if they've got the stability in them chucking this sort of money at it? The only problem will be if... if if it fails because they've shown the ambition and, and you can't, I don't think you can ever criticize a club for showing ambition, even if, you know, the, the amounts of money that are being banded about are, are for that level of football. Absolutely silly. Well, I, th- I, I think the ambition of the management, you've got Carl Larriman, who is, you know, a respected coach, academy coach at Arsenal. And they've got Scott Lindsay, who is highly respected coach in the football league when he did it at Forest Green. And they would, you know, unfortunately, purchased the circumstances and brought him back to the county. But he's a manager who could probably easily manage in the National League. Um, so even higher from that. So it shows the ambition there. Kevin clearly has got the community on side. It must be difficult there when you've got on the doorstep Gillingham, the only um, football league club in the county. So 
I think fair play to them from that. They will be red hot favourites. And to me, that squad, John, they're not building that squad to win this league. That's a squad, again, if they can stay together, that can win the um, Devon Bostick South East Division and then move up to the level, which we're probably, from what I've known at, the support they're getting, maybe they are a, a Bostick Premier League side. If the players they can attract, the gates increase. We've done that over a gate of over a thousand this season, so the potential's there. So I'm, what I'm thinking is they're not built. They're building for for a couple of seasons as well to get the level where they want to be. Yeah, I mean, and and as he said there, you know, the the crowds have really built up, and and that's fantastic. And and I think we say this a lot, but the Scaffold is a fantastic league, and I think having a team uh, a bit like the the Harlem Globetrotters, as they probably will be, will actually make for a better competition as well next year. Because I'm pretty sure uh, the likes of Beckenham, Corinthian, Sheppey United will all want to knock Chatham off that perch, won't they? Well, yeah, it's it's a competitive league from that Corinthian. We've done so well, Chatham as well. There'll be. A- Again, I don't know how many teams will get promoted, but that will be a, a league that will have plenty of goals and plenty of entertainment. And there will be some big games in that, the Sheppies, the Beckenhams and the Corinthians as well. They want to, to right the wrongs that haven't completed this season. So an interesting league to look at as well for our boys uh, next season. I'm looking forward to it. But you've got to say at the moment, looking at that, Chatham would be the uh, the, the number, the favourites. Unless but other clubs will be looking at it and thinking, right, they haven't got a... Um, a divine right to win that league. We we beat them last season and we can do it again. So really interesting league next season. Absolutely. And uh, of course we will be keeping a close eye on everything there. And uh, thanks to, to Kevin for, for his time and, and congratulations to everyone at Chatham on that award, because that is a really, really fantastic uh, achievement. Uh, so we're going to move on very swiftly because Matt says, I've got to, we've got to be finished in 20 minutes time. Uh, and he'll be very, very excited about what we're about to play out because I, if I had a pound, for every Monday night, I sat in Weatherspoons in Tunbridge Wells and Matt Gerard phoned our next guest only to hear his voicemail. I would be, well, better off than I am now. Uh, but I'd have quite a few pounds in my back pocket. Uh, Matt, would you like to tell everybody what the next interview is? Yeah, um, Chris Kinnear, the legend it is, Chris Kinnear, former Dover Margate manager, arguably the most successful Kent manager over the last 30 years. I've managed over 1,500 games. And of course, he left Dover in October 2018. And before then, we always said I would get him on the pod, talk about his career, etc., get him on the radio show as well to do a chat because, you know, he's a bit of a character, seen a lot of things in the game. But as you see in the interview, he's had a few issues, Chris, but now he's raring to go. So I picked up the phone on Monday, thought oh, I'll give it a go because I thought I did hear whispers that he's going to talk to me and pick his phone up, which we did. And then we had a chat yesterday afternoon about where he's at and the most important thing if you're a Kent non-league football fan coming out of that that Chris Kinnear wants to get back in as management so there may be a few Kent managers out there thinking oh uh, if we don't start already that Kinnear's name will be banded about not a thing but if it doesn't happen for him it doesn't happen but he's keen to get in and here he is finally after picking his phone up to me when he was sitting in his garden Chris Kinnear. First of all Chris how are you coping with the lockdown at the moment? Obviously, we're doing the Zoom teaching and whatever. Uh, a couple of lads are going in to face-to-face lessons but at the moment. Um, personally, I, I'm, I'm doing very well in the family, I thank you. That's good. That's good to hear. For, I think it's probably, what, nearly coming up to two years since you left over in, um, in October. Um, you were there for five and a half years, very successful. 
Was that a surprise when you, when you got the call from Jim? I don't know you hadn't started the season pretty well. Were you, were you surprised to, to lose your job at that time? Well, the club looked like they were going to go full-time because they went full-time the day after, didn't they? So, um, at the end of the day, if that's what they want, they didn't ask me if I wanted to go full-time. So, what? they must have made their mind up before that. Uh, so... That's their prerogative, isn't it? There, you know, you mentioned full time. There's been a lot of links about you with your schoolwork. You know, you expect very experienced teacher. Would you have gone full time? Have you always wanted to? Would you like to have given up the teaching and gone full time management at any stage? I probably, I possibly would have done. I've done enough years anyway. My pension and everything was okay because I've been doing it so so much. I mean, to be fair, that year. Uh, my father had died obviously I had to look after my mother and the teaching is people think teachers sit about and do nothing it was, it was hard and I was going straight from school to training um, and obviously the other days I was going to check my mother's okay so um, it was a hard I had a hard time really uh, and at the end of the day uh, it's what it is but uh, I'm over that now everything's sorted and settled uh, I can leave school whenever I want now, so um, I'm just waiting to see what, what the future holds. You mentioned about that. You look back at your five and a half years at Dover in your second spell, you know, promotions, FA Cup runs. It must be something you, you're really proud of, what you achieved. No, I, 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 had, a lovely, I had a great time. Um, you know, you know, with Jake and Noose and, uh, and obviously Kevin Rain had been with me all that time. Um, and and the fitness guy, I can't remember his name now, Baz, Luther Zachary, and, uh, you know, I had a good group of people working with me, and the players came to us as well. There weren't many big stars when they came, but people like Ricky Miller went off as a big star, didn't he? You know, so... But all, all I've ever done is try to make it exciting for the supporters. And, if, if, you know, and as you say, for five and a half years, there weren't many games that we were out of it, uh, and until near the end if we ever did lose a game and we try to create as many chances as possible so there could be a lot of excitement and that's, and that's the way it is well, You look at it, you've, a lot of players gone into the league from the management in, in your second spell there if you think if you managed to keep hold of those players in any way, if it was possible do you think you'd have got David promoted? I think we would have done um, I've, 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 I've discussed this with Jake quite a few times uh, and you know, if we could have kept some of them, but every year we had to rebuild, didn't we? You know, even losing Ragger uh, to someone in our league, he had to move, and a lot of the others, we were only giving one-year contracts. Uh, all right, we gave Miller two years to work for us a bit, but he was the only one, but he wasn't on a lot of money anyway, compared to what they're on now. Um, so I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure we would have done. But again, the club was, you know, they built a new stand, didn't they? Uh, they built... Um, their offices obviously they, they've got the sponsors lounge over the far side and spent you know six figures on the pitch so you know that's what they decided to do to get themselves all set up and we, we did wins we just just got on with it rather than just rebuild every year we had to rebuild uh, but we was always in the top eight weren't we so uh, we, we, we had a great five years as you say you know, you managed at Margate and Dover, you know, 35-odd years now, over nearly over 1,500 games. What would you say your main strength is as a manager? Um, I'll go in there, and it's not, not about 
Me, uh, just like Kevin, Rain um, has been with me for most of those 30 years, to be honest. I mean, he, he was a big help, very, very intelligent man and never said a bad word about anybody. But, you know, um, I think I always wanted to make it exciting for supporters. Um, you know, get lots of chances. Some people say it was a long ball. No, it wasn't. It was played, you know. We, I didn't want to just put around at the back. Uh, our, our game changed over the years. Uh, only people that didn't know how to deal with it were just about the way we played. I mean, look at Liverpool now. They get the ball forward quick. I think only Peter Kemp was the only really big fella we had. Um, the idea was, I think you can ask supporters probably at Margate, uh, Dover the first time and Dover the second time. Um, they always thought they were going to either get promoted, they were going to have a cup run, um, and it, that's what it was all about to me. I always, as I say, I never had any crossword with any of the chairmen. Uh, you know, they, it's, it's their club. Uh, the supporters, obviously, are the main ones, but they make the, the final decision, chairman. And if they say that there wasn't any money or, you know, you can't give longer contracts, you go, fair enough. I know a lot of managers would sulk and walk away. But that wasn't for me. I wanted to entertain and... and get the players to enjoy it and, and especially the so when you When you look back now about the players that you had, was it a tough job to when you're going part-time and losing players, was it deflated when you look at the summer when players were all leaving or did you find it a challenge to find new players to rebuild the squad? No, it's definitely a challenge. Garmin, uh, not deflated. I mean, because if, if we'd have been deflated, we wouldn't have been able to go and get those other players and and do every year get better or as good. Uh, you know, you, you lose the, the Ricky Millers because his contract finished. Um, and, you know, even Mitch Pinnock. People like that, you know, you lose them. Um, and they, a lot of them went off to football league clubs and they weren't at football league clubs before they came to us. They were a couple of leagues below us. So, you know, we helped them become better players. But if we're, I'd have said, Jake and I missed this last time. Uh, Noose and uh, we, okay, if we'd have just sold we went right let's try and get some other players and, and teach them how to play exciting football and uh, and, and and entertain the, the supporters Have you been out watching matches over the last couple of years since you've been out of it have you been doing yeah, any scouting work or What do you think of course I have of course yeah. I have but I try to stay out of the way people don't know I'm there a lot of the times so I stay I go to the quietest end and watch the game. Obviously, I've seen a lot of football league games. With Chris has been at a lot of football league clubs. He's got a lot of dealings with them now, uh, championship clubs especially. And so, um, so again, every time, you know, as a teacher, you're learning all the time. I think if you're just managing for as long as I did and you didn't have the breaks, I mean, luckily, both, I've had two or, three, two or three breaks for a short while, and each time came back stronger because... I was there to, to, to learn. You know, I, my way isn't 100% correct every time, but a lot of the time it was. And, uh, you know, I've, I've learned a lot in this last two years, like I did the last time I left over and then went to Margate. We got them through the, the lower leagues and into the conference, you know, which really they shouldn't have got in there. Uh, we got in there, didn't we? With a, a ground wasn't good enough and they demoted us. Uh, so, but, the, you know, the team, was built properly. I mean, first time at Dover, the, the team, we had a good team the first time and again, we weren't allowed up because the, the club hadn't sort of 
stayed with us. But, we, you know, a lot of people would have gone off with the half and felt sorry for themselves. But we stayed loyal and uh, supporters and directors and everyone uh, had, a good, had a good time, as you say. Leagues and cup games and winning cups and, uh, and obviously the FA Cup games, uh, it's, it's been really enjoyable. Have you had any offers since you left over in October 2018 to come yeah, back in? I have, yeah, I've had a couple, which, again, I've had a couple that I sort of would be interested in, but, and I let them know, but it didn't, didn't happen. But, yeah, I, I, we talk, again, I was talking to, to Jake on uh, the other day, and, and Noose, and uh, we're saying, uh, you know, Downs, maybe it's, it's time to come back and really enjoy it. As I say, I've got the pressure of school to not on my back anymore and can really concentrate on football, so it'll be uh, even more enjoyable. Are they, they Kent-based clubs? Of course, you're only managed in Kent. Would you go to sort of the no, Essex no, no, area no, no. or anything? I mean, I've, been, I've, I've, been, I've showed an interest in a couple of Kent clubs, I'll be honest, uh, but the ones that I've got offers were not in Kent, uh, so I didn't did pursue it. To be honest, I, you know, I've been in Kent for too long. Family have bought Kent. I know everything about And, uh, you know, uh, I've enjoyed it in Kent, so I'd rather, I'd rather stay in Kent, to be honest. So, 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 putting yourself, I know you're in the close season now. Uh, interesting times. We don't know when the non-league game is going to go up and a lot of clubs have might go back to part-time. Are you saying that if a right club came back, you'd be looking to get back in? What sort of level would you want to get back in at? It all depends. I mean, to say when we when we went to Dover the first time, uh, you know they hadn't really done very well. They just started the club up, hadn't they? Uh, and they'd had a lot of years of, of problems. And we took them through three leagues to the conference. Uh, and when we went to Margate, um, uh, we we had to go through three with three leagues to get into the conference. Uh, you know. And for a club like Dover to get in the playoffs when it was only the top five, we got in the semi-final, didn't we? And, uh, we lost to Forest Green uh, in the uh, in the playoffs in the conference. So you know, um, a club that's got got ambition, um, and it doesn't matter what league really, as long as they they want to progress. I mean, every season I want to be as close to the top of the table every every year. Uh, and it's pointless playing football any other way, isn't it? So, what, what have you missed the most on a Saturday afternoon at three o'clock? Have you missed it, or you think this this break has done you good? No, it's done me good to break. I've no doubt about it. I missed it. I missed the banter with the lads. You know, the players. I always enjoyed being with players. Again, maybe working in school. I like being with young, the young lads and having the, the bit of the banter. But again, I've missed. You know, obviously, I've missed. You know. The, the, Working with people like Jake and New, Mark Newson and uh, obviously Kevin Rain, and uh, so you know it'd be nice to sort ourselves out and do something. But as I say, I'm, I'm not in a great panic. I, you know, I'm not. I don't need to do it for money. I was never. I've never ever did it for money. So um, that I think that's why I, why I've always enjoyed it because possibly if I'd have moved from club to club, I'd have earned more money. But I always did it because I wanted to be loyal to the supporters. Have you ever, when you've been at Dover and Margate before, have you had opportunities to go into managing the league or anything like that? Yeah, um, I did. I've had a few. I had a few inquiries, but again, I had a young family, um, and it's a bit precarious the old full-time job in the league, isn't it? If you, I feel, I feel for these young lads that 
take up management when they're in late 30s. They've got a young family. Uh, they've got, uh, you know, they've got a mortgage usually. And every every point means a big thing to them. They must be under so much pressure, these young managers now. Uh, but I was fortunate. I had a full-time job. Uh, family was, was, was supportive. Um, and and I, I, I think that's probably why why we were successful. We never never played with any pressure. We played so because we, we enjoyed it. And we wanted to get go and win games, and it wasn't desperate. If you're desperate, you make wrong decisions, don't you? So yeah. So, so uh, you know you've done over fifteen hundred games. So you feel there's one big challenge left in you? Well, one or two. <laughs> well, no, I'm, I'm trying to check. I'm trying to work out how old you are. Then yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a couple of challenges in there. I mean, Chris, my boy, Chris, you know, uh, he, he's, he's the agent for a, player, a manager that's older than me that's going to be in the championship soon. And, you know, it's, he's, you know, there's a lot of older managers. Look at Crystal Palace. He's in his 70s and I'm, not, I'm nowhere near my 70s yet. So uh, I'm looking forward to it without the, the hassle of the school as well. So I've never really done that. Um, and I'm sure we could be even more successful if, if and when I'll get an opportunity. Well, it was worth the wait, I suppose, mate. Uh, really good chat with Chris Kinnear there. And interesting stuff about it, the, the end of his time at, at Dover and, and how he's sort of just kind of been in the background, but now he's, he's desperate to get back in. And, and you know, he, he was saying, oh, well, I look at Roy Hodgson and I think I could get involved as well. So he's, he's nowhere near Roy Hodgson's age. So there's still time, I think, for at least one more hurrah for, from Chris Kinnear. Well, I said that to a challenge. He thinks he's got a couple more challenges in him. But yeah. He's known to have built squad, and everywhere he's been, he's been successful. Maybe, you know, he mentioned the personal issues he was having in there after his father died in the first season. Dover. Maybe it was the correct decision then to lose that. Cause maybe it wasn't working out for him, and it must have been hard for him to rebuild a squad season after season when he was doing. But he managed to do it. And I did ask the question: if he had a full-time squad and he kept those players, could he got David promoted? He probably can. And you look at his record, he says about the long ball. My theory is Dover got the ball back to front quickly, but they had quality in the final third. And you look at the players they had, Stefan Payne, Ricky Miller, Ross Lafayette, Devadix, players like that in the second spell at Dover. And even in the first spell at Dover, you can do it. Get the ball. Back. Dover scored, I think the season Miller got 45. I think they scored nearly 90 goals in the National League, which is, an, you know, he did entertain you. They were solid at the back, strong and organised, and he did a great job. Uh, and you've seen with Andy Hessenthaler this season, you know, the National League's a hard league, but Chris Kinnear knows, as Andy Hessenthaler does, knows how to sort of um, work it. Some people might say it's pretty on the eye, but it is effective. So, fair play to him. Where does he go next, though, John, if he gets a job? I mentioned in there, would he go outside the county? He said, no, he's a Kent manager. So, there's a few jobs out there that he probably would be interested in. I think probably, I think Anhistotelis got another year on his contract. He's not going to leave Dover. I think maybe the bridges have been a little bit burned with Dover. But if you were a manager or a club, would you pick look at Chris Kinnear if you start badly next season as a manager? Of course. I mean, but it does go back to a little bit of the of the conversation we had with Damien Irvine a couple of weeks ago from Epsfleet, uh, when he was saying, you know, you'd look at the tried and tested. And, and I remember saying uh, during that chat, you know, we all thought Gary Hill was going to be a brilliant appointment, would come in, sort them out. And sometimes I, th- I think there may be 
clubs will now be looking at uh, maybe trying to see the, the, the different way of doing things. Uh, and would Chris Kinnear be top of people's lists? And if he's only going to sort of restrict himself to, to the county of Kent, which is obviously great for this show, um, then th- what opportunities could there be going forward for him? So it's going to be difficult. But yeah, there will be managers knowing that uh, he he's out there and looking for a job and that might up the pressure on them. But there might also be young managers out there thinking, why, why can't we? Kevin Watson, for prime example. You know, there's a few managers around there who'll be wanting to get back in. And you just wonder if, if for Chris Kinnear, it's been nearly two years. May, has the ship maybe sailed? I, I just don't know. Well, you look at that. He came. I think he's, he's had his breaks before. When he left Dover, he had a break for a year. He left Margate with his scout and he come back. Mark, so... If you look at that trend, that he comes back hunger and fresher to do a job. Yeah, I can absolutely get that, that maybe younger managers were on the board. I, I did say afterwards that if a director of football role came up, that he could sort of help a younger manager. He'd be maybe keen to do that as well. I think maybe that he's got so much knowledge of working with players. And I think the key part of that as well, we've seen, you look at the Cowleys, he's a teacher. So he's a, his communication skills, maybe not when he up, picks the phone up to me. He knows how to talk to people on that score. So that works in his favour, I think, a little bit. Again, as he said in there, if it doesn't work out for him, he might not manage again. But I think he's telling people, you know, he would like to get back in, whatever role it will be in. And a club just to use him as a, sh- uh, a sounding board, how to work thing, because he knows players, you know, you can pick up players. And he said to me that he knows players out there that if he did get a job, he'd like to bring in, how he can work things together. So... It'll be interesting times if he comes back again. We'd have to look going in at the end of May. Do you, will Chris Kinnear be back managing? It'll be interesting to find out. But, you know, to, to Margate fans and to certain Dover fans as well, you know, what he did for those clubs, it may have been Margate good 20, 15 years ago. But for Dover, you know, Dover had glory times in the last six years getting promoted. And you can't take that away from him that he is a football man. Just see if he comes back in again. Yeah, and another point about the uh, the, the long ball uh, argument. Uh, a good friend of mine is a Northampton Town fan, and, and in their first leg of their playoff game uh, against Cheltenham, uh, the commentators mentioned many times, "Oh, they're a, they're very direct, Northampton, very direct." And my mate wrote on Twitter and he said, "Look, you can mention, you can say we're direct all the time, all you want, and I'm not denying it, but at least it's entertaining." And I think sometimes we do have a very snobby view of what makes entertaining football. And and I know you obviously watched a lot of Chris Kinnear's football, and I know what you think is entertaining football. And and uh, you know, I, I think that's, that's that's a fair point. I think we need to sort of remove the stigma of of playing long ball football and getting the ball forward quickly. As I say, Dover, if I was a benchmark, if I was a manager, people will know if they know me from this, what the basis of the team I would have in it is have pace in the team. And that's what Dover had because they got the ball quickly. You had the wingers, you could knock the ball in the box and then you've got a target man or somebody like Miller who's on the edge of the box could ping it in. That's really, you work to your strength. And that, again, if I was a manager, I wouldn't play like Pep Guardiola. My central defenders, their target is to hit the channels and then in that final third, you score goals. If you look at some of Ricky Miller's goals from when he scored all those goals that season, some of them are absolutely cracking and they are through balls, etc., like that. But getting the ball wide as quickly as possible and then the final third is that's when you cause problems. So uh, there is there is some sort of bit of snobbery that long ball. But, you know, Northampton did a job on Cheltenham, didn't they? Second leg, they had the big man up front. Now, Callum Morton, who is a good player, far too good for that level. 
and they won the games. You play to your strengths. And if they get promoted, nobody would care if they put 15 passes to put the ball in the back of the net or five. So, uh, yeah, I think it's a little bit snobby these days that, to say that it's the long ball game. But if you're successful, the most important thing in football is winning matches. And my theory is it doesn't matter how you do it, you can do it. Yes, exactly. Well, we'll move on quickly and run through the rest of the news knocking around the county. Obviously, Inief Young uh, has joined Stevenage. Uh, it was announced uh, on Tuesday. The thing I found funniest about this was they showed Stevenage put out a video of, of the big man's goals and, and decided to start with the penalties, which was odd. And they did mention that one against Ebbsfleet that he bloomed over the bar, did they? No, well, clearly the Stockport, because I, I was led to believe that Stockport had given him, a, you know, when he was going to join Stockport for 10 grand that they were going to put him up and all sorts. But I know he lives around the Stevenage area. Stevenage, again, if they're coming down, even though they might be um, trying to sue the league or something, or there's legal ramifications about Macclesfield who's staying up. Yeah, again, all I will say, John, three or 33. <laughs> exactly. And that's not his squad number. So, uh, also in the non-league paper awards, Joe Taylor was named best player uh, in the Isthmian League, richly deserved for the Cray Wanderers goal machine. Uh, Margate have released a few players this week. Cadell Daniel uh, is, is among them. Uh, he's gone to seek football closer to home. And uh, Elliot Reeves, the striker you interviewed, Matt, who worked at an unnamed uh, chemicals company in the sandwich area, uh, his job has, his contract has not been renewed by his, his job, so he's gone back up north. Uh, so I he, quite liked him. I quite liked, I yeah. thought he was a good player. So um, I'd be interested to see where he follows that, what level he plays at. But I thought he was a good player and I thought, Interesting to see what Margate do now, isn't it? So mm, a, lot of play, a lot of players on the move. And Jay Saunders saying, oh, I'm, I'm confident in getting a good squad together. So we will keep an eye on that yeah. and we'll see what happens. Well, I think we're going to see players, teams um, bringing players in now. As you say, you, if, it was, if, if it was normal, you're looking at near the end of May now, players might start making sign-ins. Especially at this level, because you probably don't need to start paying them until August as well. So the system, yeah. So be, I'm sure there'll be a lot of transfers coming to and fro in the, over the next couple of weeks or so. Yes, uh, also another news, a uh, couple of our Isthmian South East clubs have taken advantage of the change of management at, uh, at Hemel Hempstead. Obviously, Sammy Moore left there and took, and all his coaching staff left as well. But Darren Beale was among that coaching staff. He's now gone to Herne Bay. Uh, and Kieran Gooding, uh, as also uh, the goalkeeping coach, has joined Ramsgate. So they were kind of b- uh, boosting themselves up. And a couple, one bit of news from the Scaffold as well, Scaffold First Division, uh, Sporting Club Thamesmead, who we spoke about last week looking for a new manager. Uh, they have named their new manager, uh, it is Aaron Jeffrey, uh, former Irith Town and Thamesmead Town man who actually played for the club last season where he scored five goals in 22 games. Uh, he now replaces Jason Long uh, as the manager and, and uh, a, a challenge for him because they were in and around the promotion places. So he'll be hoping to build on, on the work Jason did. Yeah, yeah, interesting times ahead. Very, very tough divisions in that, as we've mentioned before. Again, play, he'll bring players that he knows. So we'll, we'll, we'll look to forward it. I think we need to do a bit more analysis when the the season starts. So who players have brought in, new managers coming in and we can see it. But maybe the first few weeks of the season, we won't know how these sides are going to line up. Yeah, exactly. Right. So obviously uh, that's enough for the football chat, but we will move on now and talk about everything else. Obviously you will have heard, and we did mention at the top of the show that the, the B&B trade is back on July the 4th. So I'm going to be busy over the next uh, 10 days or so getting everything ship shape in order for us to reopen. But I don't think we're going to be that busy, to be honest. I'm hopeful we're going to pick up a few more bookings, uh, but I think it's going to be a bit of people are going to be still be cautious despite this so-called Super Saturday. Uh, yes. Again, I'm trying to avoid the... Um pubs that day so so will you have to do much work at your place well we haven't actually seen the official guidance yet but it's going to be a case of 
pulling together hand sanitizer all over the place and just making sure we basically go behind people and clean up after them so it, it should be the the reducing of the social distancing does make our lives a little bit easier but it's just going to be a case of you know we're just gonna have to take it as we come and I think we cut we won't know what we need to do really until we actually open and and do it on a sort of day-to-day basis yeah so that's it again with form I'm thinking if the 4th of July is 25 degrees what it is like today <laughs> it's going to be absolutely carnage ever isn't it you will not see me in a pub that day no, I can no. guarantee you that it's oh it's I mean that's the problem and I've seen so many things on social media of people like celebrating the pubs open and everything. And it's just like, you know, they want us to use our common sense. And I think that's what people need to do. And, and you know, I, I will. Well, I will see what happens with my favourite boozer. But it is a matter of, you know, I don't desperately need to go to the pub. I don't desperately need to go to a restaurant. I just want to get everything um, safe before we can get going. So hopefully, fingers crossed, everything will pass by without too much incident, and we can start getting back to some sort of, some sort of normality throughout July. One thing I did mean, mean to mention last week that I completely forgot uh, was FA Cup fact file. Our friend Phil on Twitter, who does a brilliant service um, during the the lockdown period in in May and June, uh, he has been getting people, so say influential people from the world of, of football, to to give them their memories of FA Cup and, and what they think should happen next. Uh, and one day last week, the, the so say influential person was me. So I gave my uh, memories of the FA Cup uh, and my thoughts on the future of it and discussed the last game I was at, which was a, a, a game involving a Kent team. Uh, so do look for that on uh, at FA Cup Blackfile on Twitter is where you find him. He's also on Facebook, uh, but do please uh, find that out. And the, the whole series has been absolutely brilliant. So uh, I'm really, really pleased that we were able to be part of it, Matt. Yeah, it's good. yeah I did read that. Yeah, FA Cup means um, a lot to me and my good memories from that. So and keep following FA Cup file, who is an influencer on this. If anybody knows anything's happening in the FA Cup, he will be the the man to know. So, uh, yeah, we'll keep an eye on that. It was a really good article. I enjoyed reading that, John. Yeah. Uh, right, a couple more little points I need to bring up. I saw on Facebook last week, uh, someone posted a picture of uh, Lynx Africa Marmite. And I thought that's got to be a wind up. Now, you may remember, I'm sure I've talked about the Marmite chocolate on the show before, which uh, despite my, me being a Marmite lover, I find the chocolate absolutely repulsive. Uh, I went into uh, a local saying, uh, a local su- supermarket last week and they I said to Haley, I said, I'm sure this is a wind up. I'm going to go and look. So I walked in and I walked down to the deodorant aisle and there it was Lynx Africa Marmite. And I said to Haley, I've got to have a spray of this. So I sprayed a little bit on my arm. And the good news was that after about an hour, the absolutely disgusting stench of Marmite was replaced by just normal Lynx Africa, which isn't that great in the first place. But oh, my God. It, uh, uh, it was just horrible, mate. It was absolutely horrible. Is that is that what the teenage boys are doing to try and attract the girls these days? Well, if they are, then they're doing they're they're going to have about a similar success rate with the opposite sex as I have, uh, uh, which is appalling. Well, 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 the thing is, you can't buy Marmite for love nor money, can you? I do like Marmite. No, it's a taste. shortage. Yeah, so, so do yeah. I. So, um, could I spray that on my toast? If, if, if you said it tastes oh. Marmite. 
could it be could you spray it on your toast and then it turns into marmite an hour later do not try that at home it's all i'm gonna say do yeah. not try that at home but yeah you can't get out of yeah marmite. i do i do like marmite on my homemade bread that i make that other <laughs> one was good last week john i was pleased to good come across i'm glad that. to hear that good yep. uh also last uh i went and had a socially distanced barbecue uh in in kent on sunday for father's day and uh for the first time since march i wore a watch uh now i've got about five watches that i wear on rotation uh, and when I went to them, they were obviously those that were working were still on GMT rather than British Summertime. And staggeringly, all but two of my watches, the battery's gone in during the lockdown three months. I, so I'm going to have to go and take out shares in Timberson's, I think. That was one of the reasons. Again, I have to wear a watch. I feel naked without a watch. So, there. but that's why one of the reasons I got my I got a Fitbit on because I got fed up with placing bat- watch batteries. So. Um, I would recommend a Fitbit because it's very good. So I've got a dozen steps as well. So um, five watches, replace it with one Fitbit, mate, and then you'll be from there. Yeah, perfect. Uh, I just wanted to give as well a bit of a TV uh, recommendation. Uh, I don't think I've spoken about this program before on the Kent Only podcast, but it's a program that I absolutely love. It is called This Is Us. It is a American comedy drama, I suppose they, they say it is. It's more drama than comedy, it, mu- it must be said, but it is absolutely fantastic it's on amazon prime uh, we watched the first series or oh, when it was on three or four years ago and we loved it and then we started watching the second series and it came at just the time that we were moving here so it was on our old tv box but never transferred across to our new one so we lost all the episodes now we've got prime we've been able to watch it again and this is no word of a lie we started watching it again on sunday night we've watched six episodes and we've been watching two episodes a night it's amazing. I, I don't want to say too much about what it's about because when I watched the very first episode, I didn't know. And the end of the first episode is incredible and I wouldn't want to spoil it for anyone. But if you're looking for something to watch, there are now four series of it, all available on Amazon Prime. It's called This Is Us. It is amazing. Have you ever seen it, mate? No, no I haven't seen that one. I'm watching The Sinner at the minute on Netflix, which is we've got the first two series of that. We've been watching that. Um, I did watch Somebody Kindly Let Me Their Sky. Um, password. So I did I'm watch sure. Howard's Way. <laughs> Howard's Way, the Everton documentary about Everton. I watched the Arsenal one, the '89 one, which I enjoyed. George Graham, underrated manager, mate. We could have a whole podcast of why George Graham is up there as one of the greatest managers in English football. A, probably because of the snobbery about he played long ball. That's a different different podcast. But Howard's Way, the Everton one, I've really enjoyed that as well. I do love a football documentary, even though it's got Andy Gray in it and all the issues he has. But they, it was a really interesting documentary. If you've got Sky. Um, I would say that that's a really good documentary to watch. Yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. I watched it as well, and uh, it is a brilliant. Pro- I was too young to remember when Everton were really good, uh, but it was so uh, so good to watch and some proper football as well. That game against Bayern Munich in the Cup Winners' Cup, yeah. oof, and they were kicking lumps out of each other. That was absolutely brilliant. But yeah, a really really good documentary. And and to be honest, that Sky Documentaries channel is really really good. It's it's been added in the last month or so. Uh, the other day we stumbled across a Chernobyl documentary, and having watched the drama Chernobyl, which was brilliant, we got involved in this documentary and. And one thing that really stood out for me, and I did mention this to your mate uh, Tom on on Twitter as well, was uh, tied in with the Salisbury poisoning thing. Watching a briefing that they showed like a briefing of uh, with Mikhail Gorbachev, and it was just a little clip of it. And he was like, "Sadly, so many people have died." And it's like, "This is what's happening in this country right now." So it was quite um, an interesting watch. But uh, yeah, going back to what I said at the start, do watch This Is Us, and I, I think Matt, you and Mrs Gerard will really enjoy it. 
I'll put that, I'll put that on the um, on the, my list on Amazon from there. So that's, yeah, that's good and what there. you have to do when you watch it at the end of the first episode, I want you to just message me your thoughts, okay? All right, I'll have a look at it. Yeah, I will get that on there. She's got a Zoom meeting with one of her friends tonight, Ooh. so but I was hoping that someone the football will be on, but I don't think um, is it on normal telly? Is it? So Norwich right. Everton's on it uh, is on. Uh, I think that <laughs> that's on half on BBC Two, half on BBC One. And I don't know I've, if one of the other games is on BT actually tonight. I haven't watched any. I haven't watched any of the games that have popped up, so I might sit somewhere and if I can find it, have a watch of one of them anyway. So there is a bit of a debate uh, among people that I see on social media about if it's better with or without the crowd noise. Uh, I've tried both, and I much prefer it with the crowd noise. It must be said. Right. Yeah. Uh, Sky offering both options, and I prefer. I definitely prefer it with the crowd noise. It, 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 I, I did find it. I did want to see Five Live, which is a great station. So I'm not going to say. You know, they did find it a bit patronising. Some of these comments, oh, it must be like being in a non-league ground when there's no things from that. So, yes, that's that that, that upset me a little bit because I'd rather listen to games on the radio, to be honest, than watch it on the telly. So, um, yeah, that, that that did annoy me a little bit. But, you know, unfortunately, now the Premier League's back, they couldn't give a monkeys about anything else. Oh, exactly. All right, that is pretty much the end of this week's show. Matt did tell me we had to be finished by 15 minutes past. It's now 17 minutes past, so I'll probably get my uh, wrist slapped later on uh, in the piece. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. We are at Kent NL Podcast. Uh, you can find us on Facebook as well if you search for Kent Non-League Podcast. On Twitter, you can find me personally at John Phipps 81 Matt is at Matthew underscore Gerard. And there's one thing that I want to ask people out there. If you enjoy this show... Uh, wherever you listen to it, I'd love it. We we would both love it if you could give us a review. We've only had a, a few reviews. If you if you just want to give us a review on Facebook, that's that's great. Uh, but especially if you use the uh, the Apple uh, Podcast app, it'd be amazing if we could get some reviews on that because I think it you know it, it would really give us a boost to know that you like the show first of all. But I think also uh, it just would would really sort of put, push us up up there a little bit more and maybe get the show out to a few more people. So if you can review us, we would really 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 appreciate it. Are we having uh, a break now, are we, mate? Yes, we are. So uh, obviously we've kind of now reached the point where uh, there's going to be no sort of news for a couple of weeks. There's going to be no football for a couple of weeks. Uh, I have got a couple of a, a very busy sort of few days sorting out bits and pieces for the B&B. So uh, we're going to have a couple of weeks off now uh, until such time as the playoffs are confirmed and we know when Dartford are going to be playing. Uh, when we do come back, we will probably just do a couple of sort of shows uh, on Dartford and how they get on uh, during the podcast. But because, you know, we've really, really enjoyed don't get us wrong we have enjoyed doing it over the last few weeks uh but and we appreciate everybody that we've spoken to we've had some brilliant interviews but i think it's probably you've had enough of us um and we will we probably need to have a little bit of a break especially if we've got to be back in september so uh for now this is the last kent non-league podcast for for the foreseeable future uh we will be back in next month we will definitely be back in july uh, and then we'll probably be back in well and then we will be back in september provided that football starts as well um and of course uh matt is back to work now and we've had a we've had a blast the last three months doing this and, and matt i want to thank you for interrupting your your children's education uh, and your furlough time for joining us children's education we'll discuss that in about 10 years time when they're doing the exams if it's been an education so we'll worry about that yeah that's fine no but yeah we'll, we'll have a break for a couple of weeks maybe we'll come back to preview the if Dartford are in the playoffs maybe the Wednesday before the game once we know the dates yeah absolutely and keep in touch with us on social media that's where we'll let you know uh, when we are back but yes for the time being then uh, that is it for the Kent Only podcast so almost officially it's almost the end of our third season but it's not quite 
uh, but we are we are really grateful to everybody who's listened uh, not just this week uh, not just since lockdown but of course throughout the entire season in fact the whole three years uh, we've been doing this this silly football show and, and of course our guests as always uh, thank you to Kevin Hake and to Chris Kinnear for their time this week uh, we really really appreciate it and thank you for listening to this week's show and we will see you all very very soon cheers all the best I'm off to look in the sunshine <laughs>